0: good evening everybody out there mizzou fans welcome to state of the tigers our weekly monday night show brought to you by james carlton state farm carltoninsurance.net there you see the logo on the screen the information will be running across the bottom of your screen throughout uh i actually had a chance to talk to james carlton today Did a little radio show with him and uh he is like you guys, a little bit concerned about the state of the Tigers at this point in time. Had some had some questions about how things are going. I think that's pretty normal. But if you've got any questions for James, you can get in touch with him at 314-961-4800. You can go to carltoninsurance.net. He's got a great staff, super friendly, super helpful people. They are going to answer any insurance questions you have. They might chat with you a little bit about Mizzou football. And if you get an insurance quote from them, they're going to donate $20 to Every True Tiger Foundation to help toward Mizzou's NIL efforts. And with that, we're going to bring in Gerard Hamilton. We do this every Monday night. Gerard, uh, we could just sum this up. Uh, State of the Tigers doesn't seem great right now. Not no, a lot of happiness.
1: No, no. I mean, it was happiness for me.
0: <laughs> I had to-
1: no, uh, yeah, it was I, – I I was writing my four-down uh, territory column, you know, a couple hours ago, and I was just thinking about that at last – those last three possessions, and then I also went to the beginning and those first four possessions, three three punts and a field goal, and I was just thinking, like, well, one, field goals aren't even guaranteed no more. That's the first yeah. thing. Um, and obviously starting off with all those punts not good, and then those three possessions, I mean – I just remember us in the press box thinking there is no way they're melting down like this, really. Like it was crazy.
0: Yeah, it, it was. There was a moment there where we thought, oh man, this this could be bad. But I want to invite you guys, uh, Cody and everybody else that's here watching with us live, put your comments, your questions. We'll pop them up throughout the show and, and, and talk about them. Here's <laughs> where I want to start though. The approval rating, <laughs> like, this is as low as it's been in four years. Now, now I want to be clear, like he can fix this. I mean, he goes and beats Kansas state. Then, mm-hmm. then this all goes away, but this feels to me different than any other loss or any other week we've had so far uh, in, in Drinkwitz's tenure here. And obviously I've been here all four years. I know you've just been here the, the year and a half, but, Every other loss or or every other rough time, I felt like there was still a pretty decent amount of support and pushback and like, hey, you guys are being kind of dumb. I haven't gotten a lot of pushback this week. Like this is the first time to me that it feels like the the foundation of support has really kind of started to erode a little bit.
1: This game uh, last week, it just kind of, I feel like it opened people's eyes, you know, a lot of, and it, it, as fans, fans of no matter what sport, when you're, you have blind faith sometimes. So, you know, you just, I'm a fan of this team. Here's what I see, but this is what I, in my heart of hearts, I can, we can, can do this, we can do that, but you know, it doesn't happen. And so I think it opened their eyes to kind of, or it opened the fans eyes kind of like, this is actually what it is. And you said it. I think it was your 10 thoughts today. Drink has an idea going into, into the season, what he wants the team to be, and then he coaches the team he has. Mm-hmm. And that's what's happening. People are seeing what he has. in the blind faith of, you know, uh, you wrote this after the game, of the young, smart, witty coach with all these bold ideas, people are starting to see, like, we haven't seen that in a while. And what he's been showing the last, at least for what I can speak of, the last couple of years, that's closer to who he is than you know when he started you know three four years ago
0: yeah it is interesting to me though that, that this big flip like it's after a win I mean they are. are two and zero. Oh, you know and look I they did not play well um no question it was a lot closer than it needed to be but I, I just find it interesting that like it happened this week and not like after 66 24 to Tennessee. You know, or, or not after something like that. It's just it's interesting timing. I get year four is different than year three. But I mean, we agree this they can fix this in 60 minutes, right?
1: Yeah, they can fix something. I
0: mean, I'm not saying they're gonna win, but if they win, this this all this whole well,
1: conference- as as far as the fan base feeling better, yeah, the fan base gets they get hype back. I'm just talking about overall, like just because they win this swing game doesn't mean they win you know Arkansas game or some other SEC game that we don't expect them to win. That but you feel better going into those games that
0: they can't. Because beating K-State, like I don't think you can beat K-State with a C minus game. I, I don't even. think that's a reasonable. I, I think it probably takes at least a B plus game to beat K-State. And it might take better than that, but it, a B plus game A-minus, on yeah. the right day gives you a shot, mm-hmm. you know. Um, So it, that would be the first indication that they can actually play a B plus or an A minus game because because <laughs> that's the thing. I, I, I mean, I'm not I'm not even trying to be funny. right? The reason it would be so big this week is not just hey, you're three and zero and you beat Kansas State, but we were talking about that blind faith. Like we don't have mm-hmm. evidence that this team can play well enough to beat yep. Kansas state. So it would be nice to see that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's just, that's what I've been seeing. The 15 games I've covered, no matter if they're favored or not, there's probably, I did something earlier. I forgot what was, Maybe it was for the column, but there were two and four and one score games last year. And so, for one, that tells me obviously they're never going to be comfortable. There's never going to be a chance, a time where they're going to be comfortable versus a real opponent. I'm not talking about Louisiana Tech and New Mexico. New Mexico. I don't know which New Mexico they play. Which I don't remember, but State. They, yeah, they're not going to be you know comfortable playing real teams. And that's a that's a problem. That's like there's so many issues within with that alone. And so, I don't know. I I don't feel like the – how do I put this? I feel like it's just, it's going to be the biggest game of his career possibly yeah. this week. So far. It, I agree. It's it's, it's going to be a tough – it's a tough a tough slate.
0: So let me ask you is that this. This kind of just occurred to me. I was doing another show earlier today, and it, it kind of popped into my head. Do you think that winning – do you think that like closing out a game, is that a skill – like, is that a skill yeah. a team can yeah. develop? I mean, it's you not de- a skill this team has, clearly, right? You now. can
1: develop it, but I think it's something about having the the players to do it. And we think this team has a, s- some solid pieces, but it's something about having players who can do it. And, like, let's think about it. How many players on this team do you feel like – I mean, obviously a lot of them have just been playing at Missouri, but how many do you feel like – can close in certain spots
0: here's the thing about it to me is if you do it once it gets easier to do it the next time and then if you do it two or three times you just start to believe you're going to do it the issue I feel like right now or one of the issues I feel like that, that could be going on with this team is that they've had some go against them and now they start to doubt whether they could close because like they, you know, obviously the Kentucky game last year, the Auburn game last year, there were, there were a couple times that even, I mean, the, the Vanderbilt and the Arkansas game, they won, but, but I wouldn't say they closed the clock just kind of ran out. So, and, and that's almost what happened on Saturday night. My point in this is they, they were up 23, 10, and then when they punted with about 10 and a half minutes left, and by the re- way, the reason they punted is they couldn't pick up third and one. Um, but everything from there on out looked like a team that didn't really believe in its ability to close a game, right? And, and, and it's something I think you just got to do it. And then once you do it, you, you kind of start to feel better. And if if you do it a couple times, then it becomes easier to do. But they haven't done it yet.
1: The problem is... I don't know if drink thinks they can do it because his play calling doesn't suggest it. Like I asked Brady cook about, I didn't see Brady specifically, but I remember vividly seeing one of the offensive linemen on. And it was probably the point you're talking about when they, they were on fourth down and the offense kind of took a minute to get off the field because Mm -hmm. players were like, no, no, no. I want to, I want to stay out. Let's give us one more chance. And then drink pulled them. Things like that. Like players cannot get that confidence. And if they don't ever, like attempt to do things if they don't ever have any bit of risk to them to know like all right coach believes because it starts with him and Brady mm-hmm. and his answer kind of was just like yeah we we wanted to but coach says get off the field what can we do and so you can't build that confidence and stack those types of games up if you don't get the opportunity.
0: To be fair, I think that's a pretty standard answer. I mean, I've never heard a quarterback say yeah I wanted to punt, you know.
1: Yeah, but I do think though when you're again. Did it against us versus South Dakota, Middle Tennessee State. I mean, and you're up thirteen. What was it? yeah, up thirteen in the fourth quarter. It's not like like they have the cushion behind them just in case they don't get it. Whatever the defense is playing well, you're still up thirteen points. I can get legitimately the offense saying, "Well, you got to give us a shot," and they don't get it.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's fair. So. um I want to run through want to run through some of the questions and uh, Cody is asking when is the last time Missouri won an early season swing game? So, I'm just going to kind of go back through. I'm going back through recent schedules and I will do it as quickly as I can. They certainly did not do one last year. They started two and four. Uh, they didn't do it the year before. They lost at Boston College to go two and two. I, I mean, this is the first time Missouri's been two and zero oh, since what was it? Draw 2018 did 18. we decide? Yeah, I
1: think so. so. It's definitely the first time in drinkwitz era in the drink era.
0: Yeah, so it's obviously been at least since 2018 that they won an early season swing game. Let's see. Here was their non-conference schedule that year. Tennessee Martin, blah, Wyoming, blah at home. I mean, they won at Purdue 40 to 37 in September of 2018 to go 3 and 0. So I guess you can can argue that was a swing game. It wasn't this huge game, but it it was a big win for them. They then followed that up by losing to Georgia, losing at South Carolina, and losing at Alabama. So I, I think more than winning any individual game, here's why Saturday's big. Missouri's got to get out of the month of September where their fans have hope, man. Like haven't done that in a long time. You know, even 2018 when they started two and zero, then. They immediately lose. They're three and zero, and they lose three straight games. Like, I I would assume that the last undefeated September Missouri had is twenty thirteen. I, I don't know that for sure, um, but but that would be my guess. And man, you just gotta at least get to October October one and feel like you're playing for something.
1: Yeah, everybody's been saying, and and I get why. But everybody's been like, what if Missouri went into the LSU game five and zero? And it's just like, it's just so hard to see that. And you're right. Um, it doesn't make it easier, I guess, for for the half hope when you know the basketball team is doing well. Like if this, if this doesn't work out for football, you've been saying this for a while. There's going to just kind of go to the, you know, basketball. There'll be a lot of that. people. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're right. They've got to get out of September and, was the last game in september that's the vandy game Gotta be three and one but it it'd be it mean a hell of a lot if they could they can get this one and it feels like the most likely chance to do it i mean if kansas state is just your biggest game right now it's like that's your chance
0: yeah i mean if if let's be honest if they win this weekend they should be five and oh um the last time i looked it up the last time missouri was five and oh was 2013 they won their first seven Lost to South Carolina in overtime on the the missed field goal, right, and then right. won their next four to finish eleven and one. So it has been nine years since Missouri got to October first without a loss. And I'll be I'll be honest, man. That's not like a super rare thing to do. That's that means you go four or five and zero. Oh. There's teams every year who go four or five and zero oh and aren't even great teams. So I think uh, I, I think the biggest thing is yeah winning that swing game but but more than that just building some momentum early in the season like not pulling the rug out from people in the first 5 weeks of the season would be absolutely gigantic for Missouri fans um too simplistic wants to know interesting tweets by some players with trust the process i haven't seen that i don't know if that's a thing uh but is there a glimmer of hope that Mizzou hasn't really showed their offense as a whole and that they've truly played vanilla I I don't think that Chris Kleiman is going to be shocked by like a ton of new stuff, but Eli Drinkwitz and Kirby Moore have to have a couple tricks saved for this, right?
1: For sure. For a sure. Couple yeah. twists.
0: Something off of something they've done or
1: Yeah. Yeah, I I assume it, first off, they better because they've been right, basically right. Yeah. saying, you know, well, they haven't said it, but their place is well, we have them. We'll just, you know, we're not gonna waste it on MTSU, and so um, which okay makes sense. But they have to show it, and like Drink said, you know, after week one, basically, he's not gonna, they're not gonna reveal their whole, their playbook this early. Why for for, for who for what really type of thing? But um, he they I don't know. All that is, all I know is they better do something. They have to do something because again, biggest game is career.
0: Right. And the trick doesn't have to be a fake punt or a flea flicker. Like it can be as simple as, hey, we've run play X out of this formation six times in the first two games. So we're going to go in that formation, but we're going to do something different out of it. And so like you and me sitting in the press box may not notice that as a trick, but it may be something that, you know, K-State sees this formation. This personnel says, "Okay." this is what we think is coming. Then you do something different and, and it throws, I mean, coaches talk about all, that all the time, right? We, we called a play in week three to set up a play in week eight, you know? Um, yeah. No, the players
1: have actually said that uh, I know Weese, and I want to say maybe Mookie, but I know definitely Theo. Weese definitely was saying like they have, they were talking to the defenses, you know, the defensive players during some practices and, the defense basically thinks they know everything that comes and then they'll show something else out of the same formation. So they definitely do stuff like that. But also to go on with your point is it doesn't have to be a trick play or something, but it can be as simple as, let's say it's third, six, third and seven. um, And they may run a play to actually set up a fourth and short and go for it. You know, something gutsy and and it doesn't have to be something elaborate, but just showing like, all right, we, maybe we usually punt it here, but maybe there is a a fake punt, or maybe we just say, hey, we're going to do this, and we're going to show you early on that we're not afraid.
0: I wouldn't hate seeing Luther and Wildcat again. We saw that the first game last year, and then I think we never saw it again. You know, if, if you got something off that, that, that's potentially interesting. Justin Ferguson says, time to go fast again. And I'll be honest, man, it doesn't seem like they've used much tempo in the first couple games, have they? It's been pretty basic yeah. me.
1: Yeah, yeah. Also, I want I just thought about this since you, since you said something about Luther. You've got a kid who's probably 380 pounds. Seeing them using Jordan Harris as the fullback on a couple power plays. Put Logan Riker at fullback and have him run through somebody. I mean, that sounds like a pretty good idea on short yardage to just tell him, hey, or get on, on the line of scrimmage, hey, Get in there, and
0: just push. Right? Do, do the Eagles play? L- I, don't line know, Logan. I
1: Can they do that? In co- I know they banned that in the NFL. I think I wonder. I, that's why I didn't they say that. They didn't ban it
0: in the NFL. Um, I at one point it wasn't legal in college. You know the whole bush push thing, but I I'm not sure. Um, mm-hmm. I would try it. I'm just what are they going to do? Uh, yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know, I mean, and
1: if, and they got Marcellus Johnson who's first couple games, just anytime he's on the field, it seems like there's some type of penalty, whatever that may be. I know Logan's much bigger than him. I mean, that's just one guy, you know, you can sub in and say here, you know, just pushing, pushing a place to him.
0: Speaking of, of Marcellus Johnson or of uh, yeah, of Marcellus Johnson. So drink alluded to the potential of, you know, offensive line changes. If they happen, what do you think that looks like?
1: It's Cameron Johnson. He's, I think he's, be, he's, he's, he's any, I don't, it's not going to, so, I know they. Hope, so he's
0: ahead. out and what? Does that mean Mimbo to guard and somebody else to tackle? Or does that mean EJ at guard, do you think?
1: I'm thinking EJ at guard because I've just been told so much about Armand being at right tackle. That was their plan for the future anyway. And he obviously got moved there, you know, a week after camp. But I will say though, in Armand's first couple of games, they are not exactly kind of like the hype is saying. It hasn't been the worst ever, but uh, it he's had some struggles in, in there. Um, but I don't think it's Marcellus, and I don't, th- and I think it's Cameron coming out.
0: Yeah, I I would have thought at one point maybe Mimbo to guard and and Valen Erickson at tackle, but his name has disappeared. I haven't heard about him or... in
1: the, Yeah, I haven't heard about him in quite a minute. So I don't I don't know.
0: Yeah. Uh and so Michael brings up the point that like I think everybody's forgetting because I understand I, I feel like we're still in the morning period from a bad game. I feel like that usually lasts till about Tuesday morning. So we're not quite through it yet for fans. But you know, all seemed pointless last week and then they got or last year, the Georgia game and then they got way up. And and played a game that we didn't think they were capable of. My point is, just because last week was bad, that that doesn't mean next week. Like I have seen so many people say, exactly. bet the house on Kansas Anything. State. I would never yeah. have a five point. First of all, Vegas isn't generally stupid. Second of all, don't ever bet the house on. it Like, have you ever watched college football before? And there's a reason we like it because just. Nuts! nutso stuff happens every week.
1: Yeah, I, I and I forgot that because I was thinking about this one. I, I think I may have seen it maybe Sunday or something like that where i seen people saying, like, bet your mortgage <laughs> and stuff on it. And the thing about that is I've been trying to say this for a couple weeks. Just because what you do in one week, that does not necessarily translate to the other matchup. If you're a, a MMA fan or a boxing fan, you've probably heard the phrase, uh, styles make fights. So just because you can beat one opponent or you may lose to one opponent, that doesn't necessarily mean that a better opponent or a worse opponent, you know, consider you know what the situation is, can beat you or lose. It's everything is different.
0: Yeah. It's every every week, because again, not everybody plays like you don't just automatically play an A game, right? No, I don't think right. we've seen Missouri's A game, but let's say we see Missouri's A game this weekend. Well, maybe it's the same day Kansas state plays the C game because Kansas state going to play a C game at some point, you know? And and so that's what it's all. I mean, uh, the, the question was about the Georgia game. Missouri played an A game that day and Georgia probably did play a C game. And the result was Missouri almost beat them. And that can happen any given weekend. Um, Look now, am I going to pick Missouri to win this game? I, as of tonight probably not but i think i think they've got a much better shot than missouri fans are giving them credit for at this point in time
1: yes but there's there's some things i mean, I mean cuz like
0: missouri fans are giving them like a 1 in 10 chance
1: oh well, no 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 it's yeah it's not it's not that bad i said this last week things are never as bad as they may seem like they're never at the same time, though, they are also based on you know things we heard in camp and things that we're not seeing on the field, they're also not as good as they may see. But it's a little bit more towards you know 50 50, although I don't know that's the chance, but it's closer to that than oh, that's a 10 percent chance,
0: yeah. I'd say like 35, maybe exactly hit it, hit it, it on, hit it on the head, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. so so Tad brings up, but I think an interesting question. We're talking about the Johnsons can drink, evaluate talent. So I don't remember who else Cameron Johnson and Marcellus Johnson had offers from, but here's what I think happens in the transfer portal a little bit. Like I'm sure look Cameron Johnson was a, a good solid player at Houston. I'm sure Marcellus Johnson was, was a good player at Eastern Michigan, but what happens is you get in the portal. And so you get into March, April, and you can't sign another high school guy. You can't go trade for a guy. So it's like all of a sudden these guys, like they go from it's. Here's the best analogy. It, it, it's like you saw the girl at the bar at 10 o'clock. Sorry. <laughs> right. But then it's 1250 and everybody's going home and, and, and you're not hanging out with anybody. And, 1250 is a little different than it was. I think that happens in the transfer portal. That that that's a
1: good analogy. I think that's better than, my, than the one I had in my. Head. But um I think as far as I can't really speak to to Marcellus and you know connections he may have here if it was just like he talked to Missouri and they hit it off or whatever. But for Cameron, I mean, I want to say Brandon Jones, the O-line coach, she got there two weeks before. And so, obviously, connect, connect, the connection is made right there. And you've got the guy who molded him into an all-conference guy. Like, that seems pretty easy as to why that happened. Although, I remember I remember when we, we found out Cameron was coming. And I told you, I said, I'm writing this up, but uh, I see they committed 11 penalties last year. Which tells me, 11 penalties in the AAC. I know you're all-conference, but that also tells me, hmm. There's something that's, that's there. I know the accolade says one thing, but this is your stats. There's probably something more to it. So I don't know, but your, your analogy, that's great.
0: And, and again, why did they get him because they didn't think they had a starting center on their team. And so they were going, Oh man, like we, we need somebody we don't have. I mean, it's, it's the reason they added Jack Abraham last year. Right. I, I mean, it's, it's kind of the reason they went out and got Jake Garcia. Hey, like, what if Brady's not healthy or he doesn't get better? And what if Sam's not ready? Like, we just got to have options.
1: This this sounds like things that you hear around the NFL draft when, you know, some, it's usually the more successful GMs and teams, but they're saying like draft best player available. Like when it gets down to it, don't just settle for someone lower in your draft board because you need the position. Might as well just go add the value of you know a good player, even if you think you're okay at that position. And but you know what happens when that portal gets kind of low and and you're scrambling because I think uh, Cameron came in April. It was quite yeah. a it was quite a minute for him.
0: Yeah, and so look, it's a it's a fair the talent evaluation is a fair question. It's my biggest question right now with Correct. with Drinkwitz is okay. He's signing four stars, but like. I, I always used to joke. I was telling this somebody earlier t- today. I was used to joke that I thought Gary Pinkle, every recruiting cycle would just go say, just go find me two kids that we think can play football that aren't in the rivals database. And I want to sign them just to, because I, I just want to make these guys go, Oh my God, who is this kid? Right. And then I'm going to turn it into right. an all big 12 player and and he would do it. And I, I want to see that. I mean, Tavoris Jones, like, see him on the field at some point, you know, um, as some of these other, you know, I, I know Kai Montgomery has been hurt, but like there have been some, eh, and that happens, you know, I'm not trying to pick on any individual guy, but there have been some misses is the point. So I, I think the talent evaluation question is, is a thing. Um mm-hmm. Okay, uh, Atheos Yolo says we need turnovers as well. So I'm a big believer that forcing a turnover is largely luck. Do you disagree with that?
1: It's luck. I think it's luck it's more so luck on fumbles, although there is a certain technique and stuff that they, Yeah, fumbles cuz fumbles are I feel like more rare, but if you, you know, interceptions come from being able to more so diagnose the play maybe scheme up for tendencies and stuff like that. I feel like that's a little bit more you can kind of coach for that. But they still have to catch the ball, which right. they're not great at doing.
0: Yeah. And fumbles like sometimes, hey, look, like if if you're if you're coming around the edge and you strip the quarterback, that's not as lucky. But still the ball has to has to come out and it has to bounce the right way. You know, so I just think, I mean, I looked it up this morning. Missouri forced 18 turnovers last year. It wasn't like a, a huge number, but it put them – exactly. they were 69th in the country. They were exactly middle of the pack. So they're going to get some. I, I mean, I, I'm not super concerned that they don't have any takeaways through two games.
1: No, uh, especially considering how the defense is playing. Like, it's more – because Drink, I forgot what was necessarily asked about the defense, but he was just saying – Defense play well, but we need turnovers. And I think he was more so saying that for like the future. Obviously, like we're it's cool now. We're destroying pretty much defensively without them, so it's not the worst thing in the world. But we're going to need them, and they're definitely going to need it because the offense, like I feel like the turnovers are going to reset those quick three and outs they have. Because sometimes it feels like they have the ball for like forty seconds of game time, and they're already punting back. They need the turnovers mm-hmm. to reset that.
0: Yeah. Well, it's interesting too. Uh, you know, we were talking about on Saturday night, is that safety a turnover? And I said, well, yeah, it has to be. Fumbled yeah, ball, yeah. it it's not a turnover apparently.
1: Yeah. I read your, I read your I comments morning. I was like, oh, okay. New I news. mean, it should be.
0: I, they had the ball and then he fumbled
1: it and, gave and they the didn't have points. the ball anymore.
0: Why is that not a turnover?
1: Exactly. He gave the other team points and points they and had the to pick it. Exactly. I, yeah. I don't know. Some rules are dumb.
0: It's, <laughs> right. right. It's kind of like, Yeah, I I mean, maybe a blocked punt. uh, I guess I get why a blocked punt isn't a turnover because, like, you're giving the ball up anyway. Yeah. But 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 that – you had the ball and then you didn't have the ball. That is the definition of a turnover.
1: I don't know. It's kind of – the more I think about it, the more I'm thinking, like, is it worse than just an interception or fumble? Because you're giving them not as many points, but you're still giving them points and the ball.
0: Right. Like – Yeah. Yeah. I don't don't know. know. It's, It's a dumb rule. Somebody should change that. Uh, I, I like this. Finish strong says, is it okay to be pessimistic? And then immediately says 1710 <laughs> Mizo. <laughs> um so, ah, I,
1: don't know if I I'm mean, yeah, out. it's
0: it's okay to be pessimistic. Like I, I understand why you would be pessimistic. Um all right, Mark Fenton asking why Baker is going with three man fronts. Have we seen a lot of that? I I'll be honest, I'm not sure.
1: I don't feel like I remember too many. I don't feel like I've seen you know, a lot. I've seen a couple plays where they have defensive linemen in a four-man front and they have one, somebody drop in coverage. I've seen Johnny Walker drop in coverage and cover clouds, you know, do a cloud flat type of thing, but I don't remember seeing that.
0: Yeah. Um, Finish strong wants to know why wasn't Nathaniel Pete used in the run game in the second half. So let me ask you a question. Did you, did you realize that during the game? Because I really didn't.
1: I didn't realize that uh, during the game, I was thinking of, all the other stuff that was going wrong, and while they're melting, but it wasn't until after the game when we was when we was leaving, and he was just like, "You think all of Pete's carries or most of his carries came in the first half? Like he had one drive where he had like five, had five in a room. row. Like some things I don't get, and it seemed like Drink, he said it too after the post game. He was just like, "Yeah, Nate Pete had a great game, hundred scrimmage yards. He's got to be featured more." He's yeah. got to be featured more. I, I don't know why they do it.
0: Yeah, Gerard, I don't know if you have a TV where you're at or are monitoring the Monday night football game at all. Uh apparently Aaron Rodgers is about to get in a cart. Go off the field.
1: First off, I got him on my fantasy team. So the first that's why I asked. The first inclination is no.
0: <laughs>
1: I'm sick. So, um that yeah, there you go. But that's I honestly that's unfortunate I was really excited to see what the Jets were gonna do this year and I that's crazy
0: yeah um one silver lining is the rest of the SEC looked pretty bad too. look like the SEC I think is three and six in non-conference games against power five teams really? like the SEC hasn't looked very good so far
1: no I, I I was obviously I mean I'm already thinking Texas is in the SEC but <laughs> right. I, I was I was watching the highlights earlier in this Bama team, something different about them. Yeah. They're just yeah. I don't know. I, I get what this uh what uh and t- tobacco is, is you know trying to say.
0: Is there anybody in this league good enough to win a national title besides Georgia?
1: I'm mm, no I don't know if I I'm feeling that one. <laughs> I don't <laughs> no, think there is because no, no, like no,
0: LS, no. LSU's gotta run the table. I don't know that they can do that. Bama's pretty much got to run the table. And they, they look like, like you said, they look like they're missing something. Um, Well, so I'll
1: say this, they can, but the percentage point isn't as likely as like every year. It's always Georgia, Alabama or something like that. I right, think there's always it, two. Yeah. But I, I feel like it's definitely one. And if you're telling me, uh, Alabama gets down there at the end, as long as it's not Georgia, probably. Yes, because I think, like this, they had two touchdowns taken away by penalties in that game versus Texas. Like, they could still win that game and things like that. So yeah. it's – I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I guess Alabama or LSU could, but it, it, the bottom line, the SEC is weaker than it's been in a while, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, no questions. So, uh, let's see, just kind of catching up, uh, catching up on comments, worst case scenario two and four, how hot is the seat for drink? I mean, all right. So, uh, Gerard, we didn't really go through this last year. So I want to welcome you to what cover covering college sports is in 2023. You get sure. to a year where it's like every week is just who we fire How soon we firing him, you know, yeah. um, we're, we're, we can avoid it if they win this week. If they lose this week, we cannot avoid it. Um, if they lose four in a row, if they lose to Kansas State, Memphis, and Vanderbilt, I don't see any scenario in which he wins enough to keep his job. If that's the case,
1: yeah, because nah,
0: yeah. you're talking two and four, and the second half of the schedule is harder. The second half of the schedule is. Georgia, Tennessee, Kentucky, South Carolina, Florida, and Arkansas. You ain't finding uh, five wins in there.
1: Yeah, you win. If you go two and four, if I only done. can see one game. There's only one game that's a, like that I feel pretty confident they could still win, and that'd be Florida. And even then, if you're at two and four, I would start thinking, like mm, you're closer to how we think about Florida than you think, and you may lose that one. so.
0: Yeah. And I'd it's, I, I mean, look, I still think they're beating Memphis. I still think they're beating Vanderbilt. I don't really think this is a scenario that, that you're getting in. I just feel like, I uh, sure. feel like I'd put it there, put it out there. Um, all right. So Javon Baxley, Javon Baxley wants to know, does drink know how big this game is for him? If they lose this one, might as well let him go now. I, I disagree with the second sentence, but. This is large. I, I mean, and and I think people know it. Like uh, Brady Cook seemed to know how big this game was when we talked to him after the game on Saturday. It's
1: it's it's. I don't know how much more to quantify how big it is. Everybody I mean, knows it. It doesn't. I mean, they need momentum. Like that's what I feel like they're kind of like. They need something to to get ready for because I. In my head, I know Vanderbilt is an SEC school. I, I get that, but because we just think they're going to run over, I feel like they're like, we need to get this momentum going for. Let me check what week six is. Oh, LSU. Duh. LSU. So we, yeah, we need that momentum. Everything we can get to go into that game. And you lose here, and you stumble here after kind of iffy first two games. Memphis isn't an easy game. That's technically a neutral site. That's still going to be a home game, but you know what I'm saying. Then you face Vandy on the road. You still got to still got to play you still got to go on the road so they they definitely got to win it they need momentum bad Yeah,
0: they need momentum they need to keep people engaged right. um you know no question it's a big mm-hmm. game but like as far as hey might as well fire him now if if he doesn't win this game i, I think that's going way too far i i absolutely don't agree with that part um you know would it buy him another year if if he was starting sam horn and prepping for the future And like i'm only putting this up there because I've, I've brought this up people say that he's playing brady cook and it's the safe thing no the safe thing for his job security is to start sam horn to have the excuse at the end of the year hey i know we we're five and seven or six and six but like see this is the guy and i'm Like, you got to give me a chance. This was his first year as a starter. So the safe thing, as far as job security, would be to play Sam Horn.
1: I actually disagree with you. I had this question on somebody asked on Twitter, and I addressed it in in the column that's coming out somewhere. I just wanted to wait because I didn't want to deal with character count. But someone asked me, like, if they win four or five games, but he starts playing Horn, you know, first off, Missouri fans would like that. And my response to that is, Sure, he plays horn, but he's staring down the barrel of another fourth straight 500-ish season. And if they go only win four or five games, all this recruiting and stuff like that, and the Williams Winery and the and the uh, recruiting class he got, I don't know if he gets to see them play because they need to see results. You can't just go from "Ah, oh, we need to see results" to "Okay, well, I'm just trying out the new guy here." Like, no, you've already won two games. That's where the two and no point part comes because. You do have two wins. So for you to go out of nowhere and tank that, that'd be kind of crazy. And then also, how could you, like people are asking, why didn't, you know, Sam Horn play in the last game? How could you name a starter days before the game? The game is closer than you expect. And then all of a sudden, the guy you just said was not good enough to be the starter needs to get minutes in that game or needs to play. That doesn't add up for him for a guy who job security, I imagine, I don't know, but I imagine is not as good as it was a couple of years ago.
0: Yeah. All right. So we're going to get to uh, Alex's question, then we're going to finish with a bang, man. I saw a couple good ones. What needs to happen Saturday to be competitive against K-State? Open up the playbook. You know, um, So I, I mean, yeah, just what do you think they've got to do? I, other than, look, we know the basics, like no turnovers, no penalties, don't play stupid. We know that part, but like schematically player wise, is there something that you think they can do? I just think, honestly,
1: just it's, everything's going to – every game this season is going to be the same. It's going to come down to the offense and – to so the analogy I made, the run support, the defense, I think the defense is going to play well. It may give up a little bit more points because Kansas State, they've got a lot of quick uh, position players. Um, and the running back is he's – a, he's a pretty good player. But they're going to need some help. They can't hold teams to 10 points. Going into the fourth all the time, and then because you know there's going to be a possession where they're just they're tired. You just gave them a quick three and out. Now they got to come in, or it's a short field. They're going to need help. So whatever that means, and the special teams, special teams are going to be huge, obviously, because of Meavis and his struggles, and because uh Kansas State has Phillip Brooks, who's for quite a while has been you know one of the better returns. I feel like he had a punt return for a touchdown. I feel like it was him. We had the, the, yeah, the down last, last, year. last year, So special teams is also going to be big
0: time. Special teams is huge. I, I think it's real simple. They need some big plays on offense. And that does not mean it has to be thrown 55 yards in the air. It can be as simple as what happened on Saturday, eight yard pass to Nate Pete that turns into a 49 yard touchdown, but they need some plays that gain 30 and 40 yards from scrimmage. They're not going to beat Kansas state doing this thing. Six, six, uh, Six yards at a time. The other thing, I think they got to score somehow. That's not offense. If that's defense, if that's special teams, whatever. I think they need points in a non-traditional way. Oh, well,
1: that's the awful bowl prediction.
0: <laughs> I didn't say they'll get them. I said I think they need them to win. <laughs> There's a difference (laughs) there. All right. So we're going to finish up with these two and guys appreciate all the questions and I'm sure there's some more missing, but um, you know, uh, we could, we could go on forever and ever. So uh, tobacco says, it seems like drink has been a little shorter with the media lately. Do you think he senses people turning on? him? I think he probably senses the pressure. I don't think he's been, I thought he was really good after the game on Saturday.
1: I like think it was one of his better performances. I was we yeah, were talking about too. leaving the stadium. Like for everything he didn't do on the field, I mean, opening up, he could have really went into coach speak for pretty much mm-hmm. anything that wasn't related to the defense. He could have just were two and oh. Um, he played well enough to to win the game, all that good stuff. And he was kind of he was really transparent. Like when I asked him the offensive line question, it wasn't something I was thinking of. I just thought it. And when I asked it, when I fit when it like first came off my lips, I was just thinking like, hmm. I may not be
0: not going to get anything may, here. Yeah. I
1: may not get nothing I want. And he was just like, Oh no, we're not going to sit around and do this, this, uh, throw out the same lineman, giving up seven tackles for loss to MTSU. So I think he was, I think he was better.
0: Okay. So this is what I want to finish with. And i Mark Fenton. If you're still on here, I want to invite you. Why are you afraid to ask drink tough questions? So I want you to respond in the comments. And tell me the question that you want asked that you don't believe has been asked to Eli Drinkwitz because I asked him after the game on Wednesday night, do you think, or on, on Saturday night, I don't know why I suddenly thought they played on a Wednesday night, but, um, I, I, I asked him if he thought they were close. Uh, he's been asked about playing Sam horn regularly. Gerard asked him if he was going to make changes at offensive line. Um, he was asked about the decision not to go for fourth and one multiple times. Like I, I legitimately want to know what questions, if you're still on here, you want asked. And then I will explain to you either that they've already been asked or why we haven't asked them, uh, whichever whichever one that is. I, and I'm not joking about this. I'm not trying to be a dick because generally – When it is said you won't ask tough questions, what people want us to do is stand up and yell and get angry and accuse him of things, right? Why don't you do this? You suck at this. Well, that, that's not it. It like, yes, there's a, there's a way you can ask a tough question without trying to get the coach to yell at you and be on sports center. There's a way you can ask a tough question and actually maybe get an answer to it. So I'm, I'm happy to know, happy to answer this what questions that you're looking for. So Gerard, any any thoughts on why you won't ask tough questions? Are you afraid to get kicked out of the interview
1: room? <laughs> yeah, definitely not. I I don't know if y'all have enough nothing about this job or people who say whatever they want to say about me scares me or is intimidate right. me. If I have the question thought up, I'll ask it, but we we talk to them all the time. And I mean, we can't force anything out of him. Like, for example, in the first week when he uh, played Brady the first half and he played Sam, of course, we asked, why didn't Sam play earlier? If he says, well, we had a plan in place to play one in the first half and one, I I can only take him at his word. I can't. He's answered the
0: question. Uh, I can't
1: can't... force him to do anything more than that.
0: I, I find what people usually want is, well, I didn't like that answer, so give me a better one. Well, that's not productive that that that, yeah, that
1: doesn't it, does not. it's it's not productive and guys got to remember we still got to have a working relationship and for us to give y'all the stuff you know we, we can give it's probably not the greatest idea to uh to do stuff like that like we're going to ask the hard questions but if they don't want to answer them or they don't give us the answer you want what can we do from that point i guess
0: right and that, that again that doesn't mean we won't ask questions that that need to be asked, um, you know, For sure. no questions. Uh, so, so here's a few that, that, uh, people want us to ask. And a couple of them are actually realistic, uh, as, as the play calling, why is the play calling become so conservative? I mean, there's a way to phrase that, you know, and that's a legitimate question. Um, would he let Sam Horn date his daughter? Do you want to ask him that one this week? We get to talk to him tomorrow at noon. Do you want to take that one? Or do you want me to, uh,
1: you can take that. Um, actually no there's other people in there who who will ask that question okay. i feel like right. there's some interviews sometimes where we talk to people and you can tell there's a, a time clock or they know like all right we need to get sure. you out of here so i don't want to waste it on on questions right. like right. that you
0: know right um have you heard anyone ask drink if he's holding the reins too tightly on the new oc so here's I've been asked a lot in the last week, last three days, really, who's calling the plays. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming it's Kirby Moore. Eli Drinkwitz hired him and he said he was going to call the plays. So I'm assuming that Kirby Moore is calling the plays here. I mean, I I guess we could ask that, but it seems, I, I don't think it seems like it needs to be asked, does it?
1: Yeah. Maybe it does. I get why the question you know, why uh U three oh eight asked that, but I don't know what 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 we're gonna get him to say. And at the end of the day, I feel like his answer would be whether Kirby's calling the plays or Frank is calling the plays, it's getting funneled through him. So at the yeah. end of the day, whatever he play he's on to field, it's his decision to allow. Even if he don't say nothing on on the on the microphone or whatever, on the headset, that's his, his call. So I don't know if it matters all that much. And,
0: and here's the other thing. Here's what every coach is going to say when you ask about play call. Like, I'm just telling you guys this we got to execute. It's about execution. And, like, I, I know people get tired of that, but in the end, like, it's true. Like, they don't call plays that they don't think are going to work. Nobody says, all right, guys, call the three yard play or call the negative six yard play. Nobody does that. The idea is if all of our guys do their job, this play is going to work. You know, so the coach's answers are execution. I mean, I like, look, I hate – I get tired of that answer as much as anybody does. But it's also true in a lot of cases. Um, Mike wants drink to fix the housing market. Um, uh, Tad wants us to ask if we can call a play. You know, uh, so I, I came like
1: up that. with the I, I came up with the the Logan Riker, throw him in there. I mean, every time I see this pistol single back, they might as well. We know it's like the first play of every game, so you
0: might as well throw him I in. Do, there. I Don't do worry. want it on the record that when they were uh, when they were in formation before they snapped the ball on the first play of the game, I did turn to Gerard and say, "You know, they're handing this ball off to Cody Schrader." Oh. <laughs> um. you, you know what? You know what play I would call? I would call the touchdown play every, hmm. every time. That's what I would call. I would just, say, which is oh, just, just score a touchdown. That's the play call. So, oh, okay, go, go run the touchdown play. We're good. So, all right, well, Gerard, uh, I'm going to let you go. Cause I know you got to get on the waiver wire, man. You ain't got a quarterback on your team.
1: Wow. Oh, sick. Now it's a double flex league. So for those who know, like he, he's basically my second quarterback behind Patrick, of course. So it's not I'm not down bad. I just I gotta see what we gotta do there.
0: <laughs> all right, man. Well appreciate your time. We'll let you go. We'll uh we'll see you tomorrow afternoon. All right. All right. That is uh appreciate Gerard for joining us. Uh noon tomorrow. We're gonna talk to Eli Drinklitz. We have players afterwards. So we will have all of that um court uh Request that we call the annexation of Puerto Rico. So we will check into that uh, tomorrow. Appreciate all you guys being around here um, and hanging out with us for an hour on a Monday night. We're going to do this pretty much every night. James Carlton, our guy, is uh, is taking care of us this year. And he's presenting this show for you guys every single week, making some of what we do possible. And uh, so want to thank James. You can get in touch with him at carltoninsurance.net. You can call him at 314-961-4800. You can run all these. James Carlton would like to call a play. You call up James Carlton. Ask him what play he would call for the Missouri offense. Uh, And I promise James will talk to you about Mizzou football. You tell him you're a Power Mizzou member. Uh, He's on our board a lot. He's on our side a lot. I talked to him on the radio today. So, look, you need insurance. Why not go through a guy who... Likes the same things you guys do, supports the same businesses you guys do. So get in touch with James Carlton, and if you do that, you get a quote. He's going to give twenty dollars to Mizzou's NIL Collective. So uh, everybody that was here on the YouTube before you all log off, please do me a favor: hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, do all those things that help us out on YouTube. Um, We've been picking up a a lot of viewers, a lot more eyeballs, and uh, appreciate that. So everything you guys can do to kind of spread the word helps us out. Uh, We'll be back Thursday. On the YouTube channel with a K State preview, but plenty of stuff between now and then. So stay tuned. We'll talk to you.